What is up, guys? So before we start the show today, I want to take a little bit of time to tell you about something I hold very near and dear to my heart, and that is Social X. Social X is a community of entrepreneurs working together to make a positive impact on the world, scale their businesses, make more money, and build their networks with like-minded individuals. They teach entrepreneurs how to go from zero to six figures, and their weekly mastermind calls feature top business moguls and entrepreneurs from various industries. They have online courses, they have amazing entrepreneur events all over the country, and much, much more. Now, if you're interested in learning more about Social X, go ahead and go to socialxmastermind.com. And uh, let them know you came from this podcast. And, you know, I really genuinely believe you should join this mastermind because honestly, without it, this podcast would not exist. So go ahead, come join me within the Social X Mastermind. And let's go ahead and get on with the show. Welcome to the Young, Healthy, and Wealthy Show, where we speak with elite individuals and top performers and sing what it takes to stay healthy and get wealthy. Are you ready to be elite? Are you ready to be part of the 1%? Well, then without further ado, let's get it. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Young, Healthy, and Wealthy Show. Today, I have another elite entrepreneur. You guys are going to love this guy. He's a real estate expert, investment strategist, keynote speaker, real estate business strategist, and he is a best-selling business author. The book is called 100 Doors. I highly recommend you go get it by the end of this interview. Even now, go ahead and pause it. Go, get, go buy the book because you're going to need it. We have Mr. Andy Dane Carter. Mr. Carter, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's an absolute honor to be able to have you on the show. I know you said you were running some deals, you were hustling out there, and you came back just for the show. So I really appreciate that. 100%, man. And yeah, so the book is actually free on my website, so you don't have to go buy it unless you really want a hard copy of it, but you guys can download the digital copy for free. That's on my website. That's just my name, andydancarter.com. There's two books that you guys can download for free right now if you want. Gotcha. Perfect. All right. Well, so for those of you who do not know who you are, Mr. Carter, which I highly doubt, you know, 220,000 followers on Instagram verified. I mean, you're speaking at engagements all over the place. I've seen you speak twice, twice myself. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little about, you know, your journey and what really got you into entrepreneurship and real estate specifically? Sure. No, absolutely. So my journey is very common to a lot of people. As you know, I was raised really poor and I had to learn to hustle from a pretty young age. Um, and I was a terrible student. I got D's and F's, like my man Gary Vee, just like didn't really give too shit about school. Um, severely dyslexic. So school was really hard for me, um, a lot harder than most. And even today, especially with like the stuff that I do in real estate, I'll write the numbers for the address for the house. I'll flip them sometimes and do them backwards because I'm dyslexic. So I have to be really mindful of that. Like I have severe, or I will look at a sentence and my brain automatically goes to the end of the sentence. It doesn't start at the beginning like a normal person's brain. So wow. that's why I read really slow. And then my comprehension is so bad because I have ADD and ADHD. So like reading and learning for me like in a traditional sense is, was like painful. It was terrible. Wow. So you put me in a setting where like I can learn by experience and learn by doing and just like I just took off. So work and business really lend itself to me from a pretty young age. I was a really good athlete. I had a really great like work ethic. I was a strong minded kid. Um, and I was like, and I was kind of forced because I was raised really poor that like I had to basically raise my brother and grow up really fast. So that sucks as a kid, but 
I'm light years ahead of most people because I started so young. So for me, it's just like, I stay in my lane. Like I know I'm a shit student. So I hire mentors and I have meetings like this and we talk about stuff and we hash it out where I get to learn the way I learn. And it's been insane. So I started working when I was 12 and I've done like all these jobs and I worked in fast food and I used to scoop ice cream and I used to be, you know, a bar back at a bar and a bus boy I used to wait tables. I was one of the youngest wine sommeliers in the country. So I was really big in the wine business and restaurant business. I've owned several. Um, and so, yeah, I just been, I've been on a grind. I always knew like school wasn't really my jam. So I was going to work and back when I was coming up, like if you didn't go to college, you're a loser. And so right. I was like, watch this loser. <laughs> level. So I've been on ups and downs in my life, rich, poor, you know, rich. And then there was a time in my life I was just unhappy and I got really unhealthy because I've always been an athlete and always been super, super health conscious. For about five years, I just like stopped working out. I was drinking every day. I had wine in my car and in my bags. I was driving other things. And so I put on like 50, almost 60 pounds of just like lard, just like I had a big expense account. I was eating and drinking every day. Just went, I blew up and I got really unhappy. So I was like, fuck, I need to get like my shit together and get back in shape. But I was so depressed because of this job I had, I was like, look, so I asked the job for a month off. I'm like, no one in the history of the company has ever had a month off. I'm like, well, I'm your guys' top producer in the country, so I want a month off. Uh, they finally said yes. I got so happy in that month, I'm like, I'm never going back. And I got super healthy. I dropped like 20 pounds, and I just got happy for the first time in a long time. So I got really into yoga, uh, started teaching yoga, and wanted to become a professional triathlete in one year. So I wanted to go from never racing to the elite level. Um, because of how my brain's wired, I have gear one and gear six. Mm -hmm. I don't have any of the middle ones. So I go all in and I went all in on yoga and I was making like 20 bucks a class. And then I was spending that money to go race triathlon. So when I got into real estate, uh, just about 10 years ago, I had about 400 bucks in the bank. I'd spent all my money. It was, I didn't work for a year and a half. I just like got healthy and happy. Um, and found like all different kinds of philosophies, you know, in India, got really big into I'm like Ayurvedic, you know, medicine and practices. And just like, I fell in love with being healthy again, like spiritually, mentally, physically. And then that translated into business, which was amazing. So and my real estate career exploded. So it's, it's, it's been a fun run for sure. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, that you you said something there that was fantastic. I mean, it correlates with the show as a young, healthy, and wealthy. And one of the things I try to put out within my own social media, my content, is the link between health and wealth. I mean, your health really does play a huge role in the amount of, you know, not just like financial wealth, but, you know, life and wisdom, wealth, and like that kind of way too as well. I mean, it's, it's a huge, huge factor. And I mean, wow, there's a lot that you said that I really want to unpack. But I mean, it's, it's everything. Like, I don't care how much I know plenty of dudes that make $20 million a year that are just broken. They're so unhappy. They're so unhealthy. If they got sick tomorrow, they give you all their money to have one more day. And so for me, what's actually funny is my tagline for my first account on my Instagram was peace, love, health, and wealth. Like that was my whole thing was like, if you're not healthy, like it doesn't matter how much money you have. Right. And I mentor a lot of these CEOs and these high top producers. I'm like, I don't care. 
you suck at health. And that is where everything comes from. Everything comes from your stomach, your brain health comes from what you're putting into your body. And everybody's like, oh, your body's a temple. Like, no, 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 it actually is. It really, it's real shit. Yeah. So for me, I had to really start to understand like how my body works, because my body works different than yours. Like some of the principles still work, but everybody's built a little different. So certain foods are amazing for me. And certain foods are terrible that really hurt, cause inflammation. So like I had to figure that stuff out. And it's a lifelong journey. Same with my spiritual practice, same with my business practice. I love learning new things. That's why health is so fun for me. Yeah, there's another aspect there is you you love the process, you love learning, you love, you know, bettering yourself over time. I feel like that's one of the from doing a lot of these interviews and going to different events, I feel like that's one of the the key aspects to a lot of these high-level individuals is that they love the process. They love to learn. They love to grow. Would you, I mean, would you say that's, that's pretty fair? You have to. So my favorite thing on earth is to reintroduce myself to a new version of myself. And I talk about it a lot. So I'm big into self-discovery and self-growth and like, how can I learn more about what makes me tick? And a lot of that is fitness and health and nutrition. That's why like, I'll get really big into something like I was super big into CrossFit and then got hurt. So I pivoted with somewhere else. Like I, I get into these things where like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to bike and then I'm going to run. And now I'm like super big into Brazilian Jiu Jitsu because that's my thing right now. So like I, I get these things because it becomes part of my path and part of my journey and it keeps it fun. Like, dude, if I go to the gym and I do chest and tries and shoulders and like, it, it lasts like, a week for me like I need to constantly be doing new different stuff to keep it fun mm -hmm. and for, for me like it's a staple now in my day doesn't work unless I do my morning stuff like the first thing I do as soon as my brain turns on three four in the morning I sit in meditation for 10 minutes I used to try to do 20 it didn't work like that was too long for me 10 is perfect I sit in gratitude for five minutes I just like what I'm thankful for whatever it is whatever drops in then I work out. And sometimes it's just stretching. Sometimes it's like crazy workouts and kettlebells that I'm crushed. It just depends on my day. But I move my body physically to get power and to get energy, which everybody thinks it's backwards. Like, oh, I can't work out in the morning because I'll be tired. It's the total opposite. Gives you all the juice for the day. Then I eat really healthy. I eat really clean. And then my kids wake up and now I'm playing with my kids. So I get my mind prepared i create space through meditation and gratitude and i physically charge my body with energy from the workout and then i fill my heart up with my children so by the time it's time to go hunt and go to work i'm fucking on fire like i'm ready to rock i have my coffee with my butter and coconut oil and like all my collagen peptides like i'm gassed i'm ready to go because i go from nine to three full speed and then i stop and then it's family time again. So I have to be hyper-scheduled because I've chose this life for myself where I want to be hyper-productive, but I also want to be a really good dad. Right. I mean, yeah, that's perfect. It really comes down to, you know, what you value. And it's very obvious that you value your family, you know, being a dad. And then also valuing yourself before anything, you know, making sure that you're taken care of so that that can flow over into other aspects of your life. And what I really love about all that too is that you're very regimented with when you work. Cause I know a lot of, I mean, it, myself included, I'm guilty of this too, where it's just, it's all day. It's all over. You know, it, you're working on this right here and then you're working on something different 30 minutes later, then you're back to this and it's all, it's all over the place. 
but you're very regimented. You know, what, can you speak on the importance of being able to have a schedule like that? It's everything. Like it's the most important part because where all the freedom is created, the freedom is created through the discipline like that. And everybody has it backwards. Like, Oh, well I'm too regimented wrong. Like <laughs> discipline and consistency mixed with anything creates massive results. And that's where the freedom comes. There's an awesome mentor of mine. His name is Tom Ferry. He's an absolute beast. But he's a great dude. And he's like, if it's not in your schedule, it doesn't exist. It does not exist. You can pretend it is. If it's not in your schedule from 9 to 10, I'm doing this. From 10.05 to this, I'm doing this. Then it, it becomes something that's tangible. It's real. Like, if this podcast was not in my schedule, believe me, I'd be in a deal right now. I would have blown right past the whole thing. So my schedule is my freedom. And everybody's like, how do you create this? Because from 9 to 3, it's fully scheduled. I'll do more in a day than most people do in a week because I'm scheduled. I'm disciplined because that's where my freedom comes from. If I don't know what's happening, if I got to block, you know, in the middle of the day for two hours, I don't know what I'm going to do. You're just wasting time. I mentor a lot of people. I can usually find four to six hours of wasted time a day. Four to six hours. Yeah. Cause I make them track it, everything they do for a month. And the average is four to six hours a day of wasted time. 10 minutes here, 15 minutes here. You're not efficient with your time. You drove all the way over here and you could have went to here, here, and here. Like we get really clear on what do you do on Monday that you should be have completely done by Wednesday. Like we collapse time by putting timestamps on everything. So we have these things called 90-day challenges where we do so much in a 90-day block that most people can't believe they can actually accomplish that much. But when you're scheduled and you're regimented, you can do a ton. So for me, that's where all the freedom comes from is my discipline and my consistency with that. So you have to take time to plan for that, right? So Sunday nights after like everything's done, everything's chill, I go to work like on my schedule. I link up with my team to find out what's super important. Is there stuff we can move if we have stuff pressing? So like I just, I, I've taken control of my life and my schedule because it's mine. Well, and that's, that's the freedom aspect that you're talking about. Cause a lot of people, they, they hear this freedom thing and they're like, Oh, so I have, I can do whatever kind of it's, you can do what you need to do at the times that you need to do it. And like what you want to do it. Cause like with you, you want to work from nine to three full throttle and you want to be able to take time for yourself in the beginning of the day. And you want to be able to spend time with your family at the end. That's freedom right there. That's what the true essence of freedom is. For sure. And so many people get stuck in this like. Oh, easy for you to say, rich guy, you own your companies and you can do whatever you want. <laughs> like, I get it. And I, I can already hear people that are listening to this going like, yeah, super easy for you to do. It yeah. doesn't matter if you have a nine to five. Like, that's, it's actually easier, right? You know from nine to five what you're actually doing. So now you have these things to do other things. And trust me, I know a lot of people that work for me that aren't just working for me from nine to five. Like they're side hustling, they're doing stuff, they're on Instagram, they're on Facebook, they're blah, 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 blah. So there's ways to piecemeal that together. Like, do you go out to lunch with your friends at the office for an hour and a half and just bullshit lunch away? Or do like, you go in the car and do something, do you work out on your lunch break? Do you do like, whatever. So we find these holes just to help people. But most people have this excuse machine and then they come in this victim mentality and then they get stuck. Then they're unfulfilled and they realize why they hate their job. Nothing to do with the job. You hate yourself. 
So you're going to a place, right? Which like, well, you're not happy inside and it usually has to do with health. Like, dude, when, when I miss my workouts and I have to drive through somewhere and eat crap food because I'm in a hurry, yeah, I physically change. Like I become a dick, like I'm really short tempered with everybody. That's not their fault. That's my fault. I didn't prepare. So now I've got like, and that's, it's, it's rare, but it still happens. It happened on Monday. I had to drive through like Burger King and get this burger. I was about to pass out, but I have like stuff in my car, like unlit bars and nuts and water. Like I have everything in my car to get me to where I need to go. So I don't make bad decisions. Oh, that's a good move. But that box was in my other car. So like, it was just, uh, it's always like right behind me. So I can reach back and just grab something. I was like, Oh no, no. (laughs) But there was a part of me that was like, yes, we're going to go eat shit. And then that's what what happened. (laughs) And then you feel like shit. Yeah. You eat shit. You feel like shit. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to bring up something right there because the the whole thing is that, you know, a lot of people will hear this and they hear the freedom thing like, Oh yeah, whatever, Mr. Rich guy. And you know, you understand how important structuring your day is and making the health of the decisions. But what was that like when you were first starting out? Because I know you were saying when you first started in real estate, you had $400 to your name. How were you able to live that kind of freedom-based lifestyle just getting into real estate with that kind of financial situation? So I was working 18-hour days. So I didn't work for a year and a half. So I'd already had my freedom, quote unquote. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was like, listen, bud, to myself in the mirror, right? I'm like, hey. You haven't worked for a year and a half. You've gotten really healthy, really happy. Now it's go time. Like, so your freedom that you had is going to shift a little bit, but I was able to make so much so fast. I didn't really feel that much of a, of a stretch. Plus I was so passionate about it and wanted to do more. That was fun. Like I enjoyed driving to LA three times a day and looking for deals. I was like, I was exciting. I would rather go do that than go hang out with my homies. Like that was fun for me. I was learning something new. What so many neuroscientists have figured out is the human body and the human mind and the nervous system is the happiest when we're learning something. Like it goes way back to like when we're born, like we're the most fulfilled when we're learning something new. And huh. we're constantly in the pursuit of that. Like those old philosophies like, oh, like it's the pursuit of happiness is through these different, like that is all very real. So when you're doing the same job for the same time, like, like when you first started this podcast, was it exciting and scary? And like, and you were charged, imagine episode 400 and you're like, uh, you gotta go, you gotta look for that. Right. So like when right. you learn new stuff, it creates this excitement that gives you extra energy. So so yeah, for me, I was, I was working 18 hour days, but I wasn't married, didn't have kids. And I knew what I was going into, um, was going to be massive and I could feel it. And I'm kind of in that same space now with a couple of new projects we're doing. So like, I'm excited again. And I'm like, so it's, it's fun for me to find those new things and start new companies and businesses. Cause it's dangerous for me to do the same thing for too long. Cause I'll burn it all down to rebuild it. Really? Wow. It's a major character defect I've been working on for like 20 years. <laughs> it's that one to, well, I mean, you know, I wouldn't more, so I wouldn't call, really call it a defect because it's that one to 100 mentality, you know, because with that, you can really push through and make something big happen just through right, that. So what I learned is like, I don't have to burn it down now. I can put somebody in charge of it and just keep it going. There we like, go. <laughs> 
like, and, and that comes from spending a small fortune on mentors. Like I've had plenty of people sit me down. They're like, you don't have to do that. Like hire that part out. You don't like it anyways. And I'm like, so I'll have to burn it down. Like, no dummy, don't burn it down. Just put somebody in charge. Okay. Like I just, I'm very coachable, very teachable, and I'm never going to pretend like I know everything. So I just stay in my lane. I do like, that's why podcasting for me is so fun. I get to sit down with people. I get to talk to people. Um, that's all I listen to in the car anyways. Like if I'm at the gym, I'm listening to a podcast. If I'm driving in my car, I'm listening to a podcast or on the phone. Like I've gotten so many little gems where I'm like, wait a minute, what's that tax structure? How does that work? Like, and I just, I'll go call my CPA and I'm like, Hey, can you do this with these kind of pieces of real estate? Oh yeah. I'm like, how, you didn't tell me dick. Like, so then, <laughs> but then put them in place. Not money. So like, I'm very conscious of what I put in my mind. Right. So like right. music is super important, but we have so much control now of what we get to listen to. I mean, like back in the day, like before you were born, it's like, you got all your Intel from channel two, four, seven, like the, everything you believe to be true came from like three sources that were totally controlled by outside sources. Yeah. Now it's gotten to a point where we, I mean, I was literally just on a podcast like 20 minutes ago and we were talking about the same thing where technology has gotten to a point where we control what goes in. Like we can have not only just when it goes in, but what goes in, we literally anything you can stream. How, how often? Ex, ex, and, and whenever you want. Exactly. Yeah. How often you want. It's absolutely insane. And it's kind of, I'm, ex, I'm excited to see where, what happens next. Cause I mean, technology is always you know, evolving and changing. It's going to be crazy to see where it goes. It'll crash and then rebuild into something different. Crash, rebuild into something different. Just like we've been doing since like we were in caves. Like, right. It's, it's how we evolve as humans. Like we're the top species because we're constantly evolving, sometimes to a fault. But, but at some point we're going to blow ourselves up. But I'm pretty sure it's a long way away. <laughs> I'm crossing my fingers. Let's hope so. <laughs> so you know, kind of shifting gears a little bit more so into the real estate aspect, since that's, this is where your expertise is nowadays. So mm -hmm. what was it about real estate that really roped you in? And what were those, some of those key steps that you took in the beginning that really cemented the foundation for success within the space? Sure. So for me, I loved the fact that there was no ceiling. So my previous job, I was handcuffed by some executives that could only get as big as they would let me even with a certain amount of territory I had and I was crushing, there was still a ceiling there. Real estate, it doesn't exist. I can make as much as the top quarterback in the NFL. Like there's, you can make real like movie star money in real estate. Yeah. You know, people making two, three, four, five, seven, ten million $10 million a year, real estate. Like those are big numbers. And I liked that. I liked that I could control that. And that's where I kind of got super excited where it's like, I could, I could make $300,000 a year, have this freedom, or I could make a lot and start buying buildings, which is kicking me off income for my family. So now I get to choose to work. Now I'm totally financially free. So I liked the options. And I also like the fact that like, I could go to Europe for a month and like the company's not going to die. So there's a ton of ways. And the one thing cool about real estate is there's a lot of different directions you can go. Like, it's yeah. not just like, oh, I'm going to put a sign in the front yard and sell a traditional real estate house. Like, that's a small part of the real estate game. So I liked that. I also liked the numbers. And when I started to really understand the numbers, like, wait a minute, like, 
this is why the wealthiest people in the world buy a ton of real estate. Their, their whole fortune and foundation and wealth is just bricked in real estate. It's so well protected, especially here in this country. And the only reason why you shouldn't buy real estate is if you think something's going to happen to the U.S. Like since the beginning of, you know, time, like, like the whole phrase landlord comes from Lord of the land from a long time ago. Like he or she who owns the land or the dirt usually controls a lot. So that philosophy still is very true today. Um, but unlike, you know, 40, 50, 60 years ago when it was crazy interest rates were at 22%. Now you can get a house for, you know, 3.5% down your interest rates like 4.7 and you pay it off in 10, 15, 20 years. And if you buy the right property, like your tenants will pay it off for you. Dang. Ooh, I like that idea. I remember you had spoken at, um, at social X in March, I think it was in March. And you were talking about, uh, the fourplex system. That's when I brought everybody on stage so I could show you guys visually, like, what do you want to do? Do you want to live here or do you want to live here where if you lose your job, it's over? Like, yeah. So that for me is, I do that a lot now. That was the first place I actually did it. Really? Because I, I, I really wanted like your generation to understand that you don't know the massive opportunities you guys have to buy a duplex, triplex, or fourplex. Use FHA 3.5% financing to put down on a building. So a $700,000 building is like 24 grand. It's like, that's a ton of money. That's great. But if you can save that in a year, two years or five years or whatever. But if you have your real estate license, your commission on that purchase is 2.5%. So you only have to come up with seven grand now to buy that property. And then you live in there. Like you, you live in one of those units, right? And then you rent out the other three to cover almost the whole mortgage. And a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to be stuck in one location. I might be working over here, blah, blah, blah. Well, there's this thing called Airbnb and VRBO. And then my homie James, who owns Holiday Swap, this killer app, like you could travel all over the world swapping out your unit and still doing all the things you want to do, but you own a hard asset. The biggest difference between a house and an income property is a house isn't an asset. If you have to take money from your pocket and give it to somebody, that's a liability. Like a car payment, liability. That mortgage is a liability. If you have something that gives you money every single month, that is an asset. So if you can buy where you're going to live and it's a hard asset, not a liability, because your tenants will pay for everything, that is a much better move than buying a home. Now, I want you to have a house, just not first. I want you to buy the duplex, triplex, or fourplex, live there for one year and one day, and then pull out a little bit of equity, and then buy a condo or a house or a townhouse. Now you have both, two pieces of real estate, and if that's all you did for the next 20 years, you'd be looking pretty. Because my neighbor, who was right across the street from me, bought his house for $33,000 32 years ago. It's now worth 1.7, and he's barely done anything to it. Wow. Yeah, it's like 17,000% on your money. No kidding. That's a, oh my, just so, you know, everybody understands and I get this correct. So let's say, you know, for me, for example, right now I've got online coaching business podcast. Let's say I went and got, you know, a real estate license and I wanted to go get a, a fourplex. So all I would really need is about like seven grand to buy it. 
to buy it out and then I can rent out all the other rooms in there. If I didn't want to stay there, I could VRBO Airbnb my room. So that's constant asset producing income. And then over you know the next couple of years, I could take that money and put it into a house that I could live at, which is going to then grow in value over time. Correct. So the only, I agree, I get that look a lot. The only thing you have to do for the duplex, triplex, or fourplex, you have to live there for one year and one day. It has okay. to be primary residence. Like that's where you live, it's where you get your mail, it's where your taxes go. That's it. That's the law. Outside of that, away you go. I think, so, I, could, I, think I could deal with one year and one day. <laughs> yeah. So it, it used to be two years. They just changed it two years ago, but it used to be two years. So when I first heard this, I was already a licensed agent and I was in a big, huge boardroom with all these lenders and everybody's talking about all this stuff. And one of them spoke about this. I literally stood up and stopped the whole fucking meeting. I go, time out, go back to that. What, what was that again? And I went through the whole thing and I go, why doesn't fucking everybody do this? And they're like, oh, you know, they used to call it like house hacking back in the day or whatever. Like it's been around since the fifties. And I was like, I'm writing a book. That's where the doors came from because I was raised poor. And I was like, dude, if my mom, like single mom, knew that was possible, you know, she'd be able to have bought the place that we lived in instead of like, you know what I mean? So like there was just, there was a huge calling for me to share this knowledge. And then I'm like, look, you don't have to believe me. Go talk to your lender, go to your local bank and say, what is buying a duplex, triplex or fourplex look like with 3.5% financing? And when they go in there, they'll be like, oh, it's da, 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 da. You get pre-approved, go buy a property. Boom. My mind is, I mean, this is the second time I've heard it, but still, my mind's still blown. (laughs) I I know, and I talk about this stuff all over the country. There are some seasoned investors that are like, I need you to talk to my son, or I need to talk to my daughter about this. I'm like, I agree. Like, And people ask me all the time, especially on podcasts, like, if you could go back to talk to your 25-year-old self, you know, what would you tell yourself? And it's the same thing. Like, I would have bought that $267,000 duplex in Sunset Beach, California, but I was already paying 1400 bucks a month in rent in Seal Beach. So I didn't want it to go up to like 2700 So I'd have been paying $1,000 more a month to own like a ding-dong. I didn't do it. That duplex just sold for $1.78. So it would have been fully paid off by now because I'm 42. And I would have had a $1.7 million piggy bank to play with right now. But instead, I did it, and I partied my face off instead, and it was a blast. And I didn't buy my first piece of real estate until I was 30. But there's so much upside to doing this. And real estate's a slow game. Like, it's, it's the reason why the wealthy get wealthy and stay wealthy, because they understand it's not a get-rich-quick thing. You can make money very fast in real estate, but the ones that get in and just, like, let it do its thing, it just it crushes. Plus, you have full control. I don't have any money in the stock market. Like if like the CEO of Coke sleeps with his secretary and then like the stock plummets, what does it have to do with me? Like I have no control. I have no control of what that company does. If they get bought or sold, who's doing what? And then the brokers that are trading on my behalf, they don't have to disclose their commissions. They can trade it 10 times a day. Like, no. So I took full control of my financial future because I would go on six hour bike rides and listen to investing books on real estate. That's, that's, that's a, that's a good point there is that you, when you come into the real estate world, that's, that's your asset. That's not, you know, some number on a screen somewhere in New York. That's yours. You can, and you can stand on it. You can, you can touch it. it. Yeah, exactly. 
you have real tenants that pay real bills. And the cool thing about real estate, you own that piece of dirt to the center of the earth. And you also own the air all the way up to space. Like that whole thing is yours. Cool way of thinking about it. I like the way that feels in my, this is mine to the middle of the earth. <laughs> That's awesome. So when you were first starting out, you know, um, now that you know all of this, and but when it came to building out your real estate empire, your business, what were some of those key steps that you took in the beginning that really cemented the uh, progression of the business and the success of it? Sure. Getting around people that had done it and done it well. Mm -hmm. Like it's a, anything in life you're going to do. I don't care if you want to like make cookies, get around somebody who has an amazing cookie business and like go work for them for free. That's why I did. I wouldn't work for a firm at 30 years old for free. Like I'm like, Hey, I'm going to come work and put a desk here. Like, no, we don't have room. I'm like, I'm putting a desk here. I'm coming here. I want to learn from that dude. And that's exactly what I did. And I just like, I got around people that were doing what I wanted to do. And I was willing to put in the time because I didn't have the money. So I was like, I'll do whatever it takes. And that's how I've got most things done in my life. Like all, like you're going to get convinced that it's a good idea for me to at least help you. Um, or cause I'm not going to go away. Like my right. first job in like the restaurant business, I showed up every day for a month and pretended like it was my first day. And I talked to the same manager. I was like, Hey, how's it going? I'm looking for same shirt, same tie. Cause I only had one. And I, I just went in there and I was like, Hey, you know, and they're like, yeah, you know, we're not really hiring right now. We don't hire anybody. Okay, cool. I'll see you tomorrow. Shut up. Hey, how's it going? I was wondering if you're hiring. I'm like, have you lost your mind? I talked to you yesterday. I'm like, I know. I'm coming back tomorrow. And so like they find there's like the GMs here. Fine. Go talk to them. Is the first person he's ever hired on the spot. Wow. I was just like, I, I'd never done the job before. I'd never waited a table in my life. But I convinced him that I was a good fit. There's <laughs> the persistence right there. I think that's one of the key things too, is that you don't have to exactly be the best. You don't have to be an expert. Like you were saying, like even with, when it came to the restaurants, you didn't know how to wait tables, but it was still the willingness to learn and the persistence every single day to be able to make it happen you know, over time, it's, it's, it's just going to work out. And two years later, I was the manager. I was a wine sommelier and making $75,000 a year at 20 years old. Like, I was willing to just work harder. Like, I, those are my assets. Like, I'm not the smartest person, but I'll, you're not going to outwork me. Not a chance on earth. So <laughs> I, then I'll learn. And now I'm the smartest person there. There you go. But I showed up like, duh, I don't know. I'll figure this out though. Give me some time. Right. Golden. I love that. So kind of moving along through, you know, you having that persistence and resilience going into the business you have today. What are, um, what, what, what's kind of like the ins and outs of what you do today within the real, your real estate business? It's massive, my friend. Like it is, there's a lot of moving parts. So certain times of the market, I'm doing different things. So right now we're in year 10 of a 10 year growth cycle. So we're not building stuff from the ground up because if the market turns, we're going to get annihilated. So there's certain things that we do in certain climates of the real estate market. Like we flipped a bunch of homes and we don't flip as many now because those margins have been compressed. Certain buy and holds in certain areas, the cap rates are compressed. So as the, as the market goes up, there's this compression that happens with how financially good those particular assets are. So I've moved a lot of our investors into cash and we're waiting for a little bit of a correction, which is 
do any day or any year now. So there's a lot of patiently waiting um, right now. So we're moving into more of like a traditional state, which we're launching this really cool thing in Long Beach where we're doing traditional real estate, working with buyers and sellers, first time home buyers. And like, so we're getting like back to the roots a little bit because that's going to create more opportunities for when the market turns. So I'm not the smartest, like I've said a million times on here, but like I like to be able to see around the corner for like 18 months and so far so good. So my, like, like we wholesale deals, we flip deals, we syndicate, you know, properties all over the country. Some years are insane and some are like, well, the real estate market's a little weird, so let's do something else. That's when we launched our media company was about a year and a half ago because I was taking stuff off of like, like the risk plate. And so I'm like, I have time. So I started speaking more. I, I went more into my branding to create a bigger brand. So when the market does dip, I can take a bigger piece. So like all this stuff is weird and somewhat calculated. But if you typed me into Google three years ago, I didn't exist. So I, I didn't have a website, nothing. Like I was a real estate investor and doing really well. I had zero digital footprint. Wow. And within three years time, I mean, look at you, you're speaking on stages around the country. You're verified on social media, hundreds of thousands of followers all across platforms and making an impact. When you go all in, you can create big shit. But like when you're like, well, I don't know, maybe uh, we'll see like that kind of stuff doesn't work. Like I, and I failed a hundred thousand times. Like you have no, you have no idea how many like headaches, screaming matches I've gotten to over all this stuff. That's the growth part. Like, I don't care if people make fun of me. I don't care if I look like an idiot. I don't care if I take a giant loss publicly. I don't care. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to make fun of me. You're going to talk shit. Ooh, oh darn. Wow. Like, I don't <laughs> care. Like as, as long as I'm doing what I'm doing for my family and they they're okay. I don't really care because when I first started this thing, like Andy has lost his mind. Like my friends, my family, they all stopped following me I'm posting like five times a day. And I was posting positivity. Like I was posting like quotes and like trying to like help people. And they're like, he's, he's gone off the deep end. And then now they're like, Hey, can we come work with you? I'm like, mm-hmm. I told you. <laughs> That's back to the little chip on your shoulder thing you were talking about before. Real. Bro. Yeah. That's real like i keep it there so you can see it like there's my chip watch yourself <laughs> that's crazy you know i think i'm i'm finally hitting that point because i feel like when everybody first starts you get a little bit of support so it's a little bump but then you know i've i've now hit a point where i post a bunch of quotes and i used to get you know hundreds and hundreds of likes and comments and now it's like 30 likes and like two comments and a lot of people are pulling off i've even had uh, you know, somebody I thought was a good friend. I told them, yeah, so I'm going to build out this podcast and I'm going to have this huge online training business and I'm going to be, I'm going to be speaking on stages around the world. Like it's going to happen. And they sat me down. They go, they, they looked at me. They're like, are you like, you need to be realistic now. I mean, like, this is all, this was fun for like a month, but I mean, you got to get a job. I mean, cause I mean, you're, you're really going to think about your parents. Are they going to be supportive of this? Are they going to approve? Are they, are you going to actually make an impact? And I'm sitting there just going, holy shit, like this thing's real. People will actually fall off. Yeah. And it's, here's the, here's the weird, funny part about that. And it's not because they don't love you or don't care about you. It's actually the opposite. 
Mm -hmm. They care about you so much. They love you so much that they don't want to see you fail because right. like of their own fears. So do you know how many people I've just pulled in for a big hug? And I'm like, I get it. You're afraid for me. I don't need you to be. Now that's powerful. So go some, like, cause that's what it really is. We have two things in life, fear and love. And we're both battling those things constantly every single day with our own internal dialogue. Dude, nobody's going to fillet us worse than we'll fillet ourselves in our head. Like, yeah. dude, if there was a wall with like the stuff I thought about myself sometimes written on, I'd be like, that dude is insane. Like, <laughs> but that's real. We all have this self-talk. So once you start to have those more positive, like self conversations, you start to care a lot less about what other people think. Dude, people torch me online. And I'm just like, that's so cute. They have no idea who I am. Like, they have no idea. So like, there's gonna be doubters, but when you can prove to yourself, like, I'm not stopping. And another quote I absolutely love, I don't even know who said it, but I use it all the time. It's like, it's really hard to stop somebody who knows where they're going. Like, it might take two years, it might take you six years. But dude, I'll tell you this, if you don't fucking stop, you'll, you will get there. That's true. Dude, the first time I spoke on stage, I spent a small fortune. I had room for like 400 people, 500 people. And we had 220 people, RSVP, food, wine, like lights. Dude, it was on. 11 people showed up. 11. 11. Yeah, like six of them worked for me. So like, it, it was just like, I was like, hmm. It crushed my ego. And I was like, I'm putting this event for free to help people. And like, maybe I'm like, you start second guessing yourself, right? That was like, shit, that was two, year, two years ago in November. Really? Uh, yeah, like, nada. How, so how do you push the, cause you were saying like you start to second guess yourself and I, you know, I'm probably going to go back to the whole, like, if you know where you're going, you're not going to stop But How do you push through that? I mean, cause it's a huge blow to your ego. You're th sitting there thinking like, Oh, maybe this isn't the right path for me to go. How do you still keep your mind set on that path? So you keep going. I have a very strong spiritual connection. Like I sit really quietly when no one else is around at night and I'm like, I ask myself yes or no questions. If it's a no, it's a no. And I honor that. But if it's a yes, like, okay, I put my fears and my ego aside and I go and I go all in. And like, I just know I'm going to be tested. Like that was a big test. Like you say you want to help a lot of people. Yeah, we'll see. You can spend all this money and we're going to slap your ego in the face and see what you do. Like, so I know that stuff's coming. Like, it's not always awesome. And it's also not always shitty. So like being okay with those ebbs and flows is what life is really about. Plus like you're going to have all these different chapters. Like there was a chapter in my life when I was 25, very different from a chapter at 42 married with kids. So like I also honor those times. Like, and when you're in growth mode, like there's, there's sacrifices that need to be made. And then when you're at the top and shit goes sideways, you, you start rolling down the hill you're just going to hit another peak to start going back up again. So if you're okay with that, you'll be fine. If you roll down the first hill and get stuck there, you're going to be in the shade for the rest of your life, not knowing, dude, you have 17 more, more peaks to climb. 
you aren't even close, bro. Like you're going to be at the top full of everything. Like I'm the greatest. And you're going to get hit in the face and you're going to fall off. And you're going to be like, fuck, I suck. And then you go back up again. <laughs> ebbs and flows, baby. Ebbs and flows. That's exactly what it does. That's like, you're going to be in this space as a podcaster and as an online person, you're building this brand up. That's going to be one little chapter. Like you don't know what is going to open those doors because of that. You don't know that somebody that listens to this podcast between you and I reaches out and is like, dude, I would love to have you come speak at our event. Like you don't know, especially with social media. Now you never know who's watching and listening. Right. No, I've, I've honestly had a couple of guests and other people, you know, actually PR people come reach out to me due to listening to the show. And it's like, you, you honestly have no idea until it happens, but it all goes Never comment, never like, never do anything. They don't engage with one thing ever. Nothing. And Nothing. out of nowhere, like, Hey, I've been following you for two years. I'm like, well, really? <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. So a um, couple more questions before, because I know you, you've got some more deals to go handle. So uh, one question is, what was a question that you were kind of expecting me to ask or something that, you know, you want people to ask you in these podcasts? Um, I always kind of feel my way through these podcasts. It's the same thing with stage. I don't really prep a lot for the stage. Right. I kind of feel like, the audience or I feel your vibe um, probably something around like how to monetize your podcast or how to get more followers or listeners or stuff like that. There's a little tip I like to share with a lot of my podcaster friends is when you have somebody on your show and you wrap the show and everything's done and the recording's off, if it's in person or not, you say, Hey, that was an incredible show. Um, do you have anybody who might be a really good fit for my show? Because now at the end, you have a little ask, and then maybe they'll refer somebody, like in my network, to you, and then you guys can reach out to them on whatever, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, whatever, and then now that's the way you build your podcast and build your audience that way. So a lot of people ask me those questions. I just like to throw them out there because they're these really cool little hacks. Um, and if you consistently DM somebody, they're going to get back to you. And if they don't, they're just a scumbag, and you don't want them on your show anyways. I, the, wow, that was actually very valuable because I know from here, from this point, it's just been, I've had to DM people, like reach out or meet people at events, but I like the referrals. So I'll have to ask you at the end of the show. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's the ask. No one asks for business. They just think it's like, ooh, they love me. This is awesome. They're going to send me people. Nope. Not how this shit works. After everything's over, like it's that whole thing, like, like the squeaky wheel gets the shit and the loud mouth gets fed. That's real. So you're like, hey. This has been awesome. This is great. We're really trying to grow our podcast, really trying to grow this thing. Do you have anybody that might be a good fit that we can reach out to? You're not asking for business. Like, and it's, and it's how you ask. And some people might be like, yeah, you know, I'll get back to you. And they just don't because, and it's not because they don't know somebody. It's like, they want you to either be more persistent or they don't refer people. Everybody's different. But like, I always like to just put people in contact, be like, Hey, reach out to these three people and see if one of them responds and tell them I sent you. Perfect. I appreciate that. So I got one last question before you head out. Let's say you were the one conducting this interview, right? And you were interviewing Mr. Andy Dane Carter. You're interviewing you. What would you ask? What would I ask me? Yes. Um, I would ask, 
uh, have you done your 20 year vision yet for your family? And I know you haven't because I'm you, you dick, and you need to lay that out. Because <laughs> I've been putting it off for like six months. I've got, ten, I got a pretty solid 10 year, but I need to put the 20 year plan together. Uh, and I'm getting close. But and there's a mentor of mine that keeps grinding me about it. So like, that would be the thing be like, how come you haven't done that yet? You know, and what's the crap around it in your head that's stopping you? It's like, I have, and I have no excuse. So it's like, I just need to make the time. You just need to make it happen. So what does that 10 year plan look like for you then? You said you have the 10, you're working on the 20. What does the 10 year plan look like for your family? Yeah, so 10 is to, to buy a lot more buildings um, and to really create a massive impact in the city of Long Beach where I live. Like I've really focused on that city really heavily the past few months and we have some really cool stuff going. But when you think about real estate and you live in Long Beach, I want my face to hit your brain. I really want to make a real big, big impact, not from like a financial part, but like to educate people on what's possible. Like what, here are the options you, you have that you might not know. So be like an educator and just be of service. Like my whole jam is to just help people. So if I can help more people, that makes like that's where my true happiness comes from. It doesn't come from closing big deals. That barely does anything for me. I like to like really make a difference. Boom. Making an impact, being an influence, making a legacy for yourself. Mr. Carter, thank you so much for coming on the show today. If anybody wants to connect with you whatsoever, how can they go about doing so? Yeah, I'm super easy to find. Just type my name into Google and you can follow me on Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram. My team handles most of my stuff for Facebook and YouTube. Um, but if you want to follow me, I use my Instagram stories as my daily vlog. So you'll see me with my kids. You'll see me doing business. You'll see me in podcasts and just doing quotes and things that are super important, like for business today. Um, and then my podcast is The Andy Dane Carter Show. Um, if you want to give that show a listen, if you like it, just give us a rating and review so it gets to more people. Um, if you're like thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should. I think it's one of the most powerful spaces there are and it's only growing right now. Oh, it's absolutely insane. It's been around for so long, but it's now it's becoming such a huge space and I, I absolutely love it. It's going to be one of the oldest mediums because it's so cool because you can listen to it anywhere, car, gym like when you're at some job you hate you just put on some headphones and just podcast and stare at that computer screen and pretend like you're working boom there <laughs> work hacks <laughs> time work hacks appreciate it thank you so much for coming on the show today mr carter and thank you everybody for listening to this week's episode of the young healthy wealthy show and until next time stay healthy get wealthy Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Young, Healthy, and Wealthy Show. My name is Chase Henderfit. I am your host. And if you have any questions at all, feel free to DM me on Instagram at Chase underscore Henderfit. And I have one favor to ask. Please just share this episode with one person. You never know who it could help impact. And if you share it on your Instagram story, I'll repost it on mine. So until next time, stay healthy, get wealthy.